this man, when I've heard parts of his story, and I can't wait to hear the whole story, and then where he is today, I'm going to be right back there taking notes because I want to learn that bad from this man. So let's give a round of applause for Antonio Smith. Way it works. Let me just qualify myself first. Thank you very much, Luke. I really, I seriously love Luke. I really do. I'm seriously. That's not. I'm not saying that because he paid me. I'm saying that <laughs> because I need it. He's a, he's a great guy. I really do enjoy everything about Luke. He has. He's just come a long way, but he was already a great way before he became a long way. So I definitely appreciate Luke. Let me say to all of you. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. I'm 36 years old. I'm top 1% income earner in my age group, and I'm going to share a lot of practical things for you to move forward and do well. And I'm going to start off with my story, and then after the story, I'm going to tell you nothing but how to overcome it and be practical and make a lot of money, okay. if that's all right, <laughs> from paying the profit. There's no sense of being busty and not having a shower to run to. I'm just saying, all right? You're going to go, go, you're going to go through the pain. You might as well have something to work out for, okay? Again, 1981, 1985, my parents gave me up. Why did my parents give me up? If you think about, and I know you all, I know you all don't see color. I know you have no idea that I'm a black guy standing in front of the room. I know you don't. I know you don't know it. I know you don't. But think about it for a second. 1985, in neighborhoods like mine, crack cocaine came through. It's just one of those historicity events. You got history, which you can interpret which means you can, you can be a terrible person and say the Jewish Holocaust was justified. You do that with history. It makes you a terrible person. Historicity says a lot of bad things happen. This is the accurate depiction of people and events. So you don't get to argue with historicity, but you can put your crazy spin on history. Historicity says that in neighborhoods like mine, Crack cocaine came through, all parents, most of them, couldn't afford to keep people like me. So at the age of six, it's 1987 now, at the age of six, my parents completely gave me up. And it's crazy because in my neighborhood, bottled water was more scarce than crack cocaine. So I went to CPS custody. How many kids in Okay, I went to CPS custody and go through that whole process and I run away. I run away because it's the way CPS custody works, child protective services, if you're not sure, I'll give it to you. They cut the air conditioner down real low because they're not at least the ones I encounter. That's not their passion. Their passion are little bad kids. Their passion is, this is my job. I need to get my money. I'm gonna cut the air conditioner all the way down. Anybody know about to cut that condition all the way down? So you can stay sleep longer. Look, she got it already, you know? Have you ever did that? You cut that condition all the way down and people stay in bed longer? That's what happened, so I ran away from there. And I went to my biological grandmother's house on my mom's side. 
and they were talking about my dad. So I ran away from there and talking bad about my dad. Then I went to my dad's mom's house and my grandmother's house, and they were talking about my mom. So I ran away from there. And this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. So now here I am getting arrested for truancy at six years old, seven years old, being arrested because why would I want to go to school? Nobody loves me. How can you love me if my own parents don't love me? Anybody ever felt like that before? That's an accurate statement. If you don't know about that, that is an accurate statement that people like me would make. So after I get out of jail for truancy, all this stuff, I figure out, I figure out school was a great way for me to eat. I'm serious. Two square meals a day. All I had to do was figure out how to get the third. Wasn't really too good to figure out how to get the third without being illegal in some habits. So I had to figure out some stuff. Now I'm eight years old, and I don't want to live with anybody. And on 46 and Ball in Galveston, Texas, 77550, there is a dumpster still there to this day. The building used to be called Golden Globe, and it was this paper factory. And this paper factory had this dumpster, and all they did was throw paper in this dumpster. Now, if you've never been homeless, you won't get the next thing I say, but you can fill your shirt with paper and insulate your clothing to become warm. If you've never seen homeless people with paper or newspaper, that is exactly why they do it. So I find solace in this dumpster. It's the only thing I do. Only thing I do is I sleep in this dumpster, I live in this dumpster, it has paper in this dumpster, not too many bugs because it's a paper factor, right? It's not the, no hamburgers inside the dumpster, anything like that. So I get these great things in this dumpster and I like it. Why do I like it? Because my family don't like me, because my parents gave up on me, because CPS is something I need to run from, and I'm a grown man in my dumpster. Eight years old. I know that sounds funny, but that's how I was thinking, honestly. I want to have to put myself through school. My school ID was 12090. I forged my mom's signature, and I don't know how it works in South Carolina, but in Texas, we have something called corporal punishment. You know, Texas is a red state. We have corporal punishment. That means you act up, you can get that paddle. I know y'all don't do that, but in Texas, you get a paddle just about anywhere, so I sign it all the time. Do that. And trash can became my everything. I'm serious. I live in this trash can. I, I talk to this trash can. I have no concept of God. That, that's it, it's irrelevant to me. I've never even heard. have no awareness, no higher being, no anything. And then one day, one day, these two older boys that I know, they decide that they're going to molest me on this trash can. And some other stuff. So now here I am. Now I don't like my trash can anymore. Now I gotta figure out something to do. So I figure out, I go back, but by this time it's three years. I'm by myself. Three years I'm by myself. And wouldn't you know grown folk had opinions, but no help. It's like the epidemic of grown folk. Here they are. It's your fault you got raped. It's your fault you were molested because you shouldn't have been there. So what do I do? I run away again. Because that's what you do 
when nobody supports you and you have no concept of anything else. So I go back to my trash can. So this time, I go back to my trash can ready to fight. I'm not going to be a little 60-year-old kid no more that has to fight for his food or fight for his innocence. So I go back to my trash can, but now I hate it because it's not the same. It's, it can't be the same. If you ever had anybody violate you, it can never be the same. It's not even the same when you go through therapy and get grown. It's just never the same. And one day I noticed this star moving. I'm laying on my back in this trash can. The star is moving. And I figure out, oh, it's not a star. It must be one of those airplanes. And the airplane, I said, you know what? One day, I'm going to get on that airplane, and I'm going to travel the world, and I'm going to do something. I have no idea what I'm going to do, but I say this one thing, and I said it up until I was 29, 30 years old. I said, whatever I do, I'm going to make sure I'm so famous, nobody forgets me. Now put yourself there for a moment. Why would I not want to be forgotten about by the time I die? Because I never had a birthday. Nothing, everybody forgot about me. And all I did was have that trash can. I was hurt in that trash can. I was sad in that trash can. But I got out that trash can. Dr. Spencer Johnson writes a book, Peaks and Valleys. In Peaks and Valleys, he talks about this guy with a valley mind. He has valley friends, a valley job, just valley everything. The air in the valley is valley-like. And one day he looks at the peak and he says, oh, peak, I want to climb you. So this young man tells his friends, you know what, friends? I want to climb this valley. Friends laugh at him, say, man, you can't. I mean, excuse me, climb the peak. You can't climb this peak. We never climbed that peak before, Jonathan. That's not the way it worked. You can't do something that we never did before. Do you know that if people around you have not done it, they will stop you from doing it themselves? Yeah. You see, the problem with shining is every time you shine, you also reflect. You see, every time you shine, you accidentally put off a reflection. That means when people see your shine, they also see their reflection. It means every time you do something well, you remind them of how they reflect back to themselves. So if they don't like their reflection, they'll do anything it takes to take away your shine. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That you're not even allowed to be happy? You happy at work, but as soon as you put your keys at the doorknob, you know you're about to be disappointed? And so he says, listen, Mom, I'm going to go to this peak. Mom says, nah, you can't go to that peak, son. That's not what we do around here. You Be safe. Be comfortable. Don't go to the peak. So he finally says, you know what? I'm going to peak. He goes to the peak. He climbs up the peak, bloodies up his hands, he goes to the trail, all of a sudden he gets so far to where there's absolutely no trail. He wants to quit, but he looks down and see that the air that he thought was good wasn't even good. Because when he was on the peak, he looked down and saw that his valley air looked just like thick poison. So he said, I have no trail, so let me just keep going anyway. And he starts thanking the mountain for being rough and jagged and cutting him because he realized I can't climb a smooth mountain. If you don't mind, I'll pause right there. Please let me tell all of you right now, stop trying to climb the smooth mountains in your life. I need you to understand that right now, you need problems. You need obstacles. You need resistance because you're not able to climb a smooth mountain because what will happen to you is gravity at 9.86 meters a second will take over and make you slide off what you thought was comfortable. 
So he gets up to the mountain. He gets up to the mountain and he cheers, but then he realized he did not get to the mountain right when he wanted to because he wanted to see the sunset on the mountain. He got there at nighttime and he says, man, I missed it. And an old man says, why did you do that? He says, what do you mean? I'm up here in the mountain. He says, why did you turn your peak into a valley? Let's pretend for a moment that you're about to launch a campaign. It tested well. Your entire team is happy. Everything is going according to plan. Except for that one thought in the back of your head. How do I ensure the people I want to target will be in the mindset to receive my message? Well, the answer is LinkedIn. Because when you market on LinkedIn, your message reaches people who are ready to do business. And that means your advertising campaign will work as hard as it can as soon as you launch it. See, over 60 million decision makers are on LinkedIn, and they're thinking about their business. It's one of the many reasons more than 78% of B2B marketers rate LinkedIn as the most effective social media platform at helping their organization achieve specific objectives. Another great example is while I was on LinkedIn, I came across an article about uh, audio, <clears throat> audio platforms and the race to build them and not only build them but be able to compensate the content creators. And that's something that I need to know because in my business, I need to know these things so I can help my clients market. I can direct them to the right path. I can keep them up to date and stay up to date myself when I'm educating people on marketing. LinkedIn can help you reach your short-term and long-term business goals. We offer tools for brand building and lead generation. Not only can you target and reach a professional audience down to their job title, company name, and location, but you can engage people you already know based on who's visited your site or who, you, who you've contacted in the past. You can even customize your campaign based on the action you want your customers to take and objectives you want them to achieve. Doing business on LinkedIn, the world's largest professional network, can help you reach your marketing goals. Do business where business is done. Get a $100 advertising credit toward your first LinkedIn campaign. Visit LinkedIn.com slash A2Z. LinkedIn.com slash A2Z. Terms and conditions do apply. Ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we conquer exactly what no one else can do. Sometimes we do all the great stuff that nobody else can do. We get out the valley, we find ourselves in the mountain, and then we turn the mountain back to a valley with our mouths. How many of you right now, you woke up, you've complained about 30 times today? <laughs> How many of you right now, you, you, got, you got 30 complaints? I think I've complained five times this year. About 30 complaints today. They're logged in. They are seeds planted into the ground. Do you know that no matter how much how religious you are, no matter how Christian you are, or whatever your faith is, you can never pray a seed differently than what you planted it? If you put a seed into the ground, you cannot say, Oh, my God, my heavenly father, please change this poison that I planted into something that serves me. No, ladies and gentlemen, if you plant it, it's coming up. If you don't want poison, don't plant poison. So I had to figure out from being homeless all the way to 18 and aging out of CPS custody that I didn't want the poison that had been planted for me. Oh, please don't miss that. See, I didn't create my circumstances at six, but my reaction to that, I did. 
How I handled being homeless, that was my fault. How I handled being molested, that was my fault. How I handled being a very average student was my fault. So I just decided that it's far better for me to be at, if I'm already at fault, then I might as well do something great about it. And so I start doing something, I call it protecting my garden. Now, if you're not careful, you get around a bunch of low self-esteem folk, a bunch of poor people, and they'll tell you that if you protect what you have, that's arrogant. Can I submit to you a new conclusion to this here? If you protect your garden, that's not arrogant, that's intelligent. It is highly intelligent for you to mind what you keep in the garden you got to eat out of. If it's your garden that only you can eat out of, and if you let somebody in your garden and plant their poison, now you have to reap their harvest. How many of you right now are tired of reaping other people's harvest? I had an uncle I let live with me. This uncle, he's on that crack cocaine stuff. I got two young boys, nine and six. They're good boys. I homeschool them both. They're good young boys. They cause no problems. He gets full of this crack one day and he's binging on my living room couch for about four days. Four days. Four days. And I'm trying to be nice. Jonathan, I'm trying to be nice. I try. Because you know he's got felonies. He's on parole. He can't get caught in this situation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I, I do... I talk to a lot of people in a lot of places. I don't care the prestige of your family or the color of your family. We all got one somebody in jail. That's how it works. That's how it works. And so you want to say he does that. And what he does is on the fifth day, he gets up naked and he just walks across. And he leaves his number two trail. You understand what I'm saying? We got kids in the room. All across the house. From the couch, smeared it, to the living room, to the bathroom. And he goes back to sleep. He'll wake up for two days later. I, I wish I was joking. This is so ridiculous. I can't even make it up. This is absolutely insane. Seven days later, he wakes up and I, I'm like, hey, uh-huh. Yeah, I cleaned up behind you. And I, it dawned on me, wait a minute, my boys were just introduced to overdose. They nine and they six. Is that boys? protect my garden. And many of you right now, you're suffering when you shouldn't have to. Because you won't admit that protecting your garden is your responsibility. You won't admit that your finances your responsibility. You won't admit that getting out of your trash can is your responsibility. That responding to the bad things in your life, your responsibility. It is not my fault for how you feel about me. It is your fault how you feel about anything. And if you're going to determine the quality of your life, you have to take full responsibility for your garden. See, I like to make things practical. Think about that for a second. Before we get to the money, shifting your mindset real quick, think about this as reaping and sowing. You, you may have heard this terminology if you go to one of the buildings with a steeple on it, you know, reaping and reaping and sowing. If you think about this for a second, you put a seed into the ground, it comes back up as harvest. Now, if you miss that, let me tell you how powerful that is. That means every time you plant a seed, you automatically schedule a harvest. See, if you never thought about that, I'm going to tell you it again. Every time you plant a seed, you automatically schedule a harvest. Did I say that the harvest won't come up? Is that the way it works? 
That means see you in the ground, harvest has to come up. What you have to do is two things. Stop digging in the ground, checking on the seed. Uh-huh. How many of you doing that right now? You, you, you start it, then you go check on it, you dig it back up, and you say, this don't work. Hey, it ain't working. Because every time you dig it out the ground, you restart the harvest. Some of you, you only losing because you keep restarting all harvests. And then you have to actually wait the time for the harvest to come up. Did I say degrees in any of that? Did I say degrees? Did I'm not against college education. I have a college education. College education lets you plant a whole lot more seeds than somebody that worked at McDonald's. You should probably go get you one if that's what you're going to do. But it has nothing to do with your color, plant seeds. It has nothing to do with your religion, plant seeds. You want a good life, plant some good seeds. And then wait for the harvest. Now here's the crazy thing about life. Life won't just let you wait. Life has these funny things. Was that you that brought up Newton earlier? Was that you, Newton, in your, your third law of reaction? Let's go to the first law. Excuse me, third law of motion. Let's go to the first law of motion. An object at rest will remain at rest until an unbalanced force acts upon it. That's fair. Let's do the first law of motion. He gave you the third one. Every action has an opposite and equal reaction. Now let's inverse the Newton, Newton's first law. An object at motion will stay in motion as long as something is pushing it forward. Now think about that for a second. Your life is meant to have resistance. How can you have muscles if gravity didn't pull against your biceps? How could you possibly stand up if it wasn't for 13 pounds per square inch of oxygen on your muscles right now? You want a resistant, free life. And that is exactly why you don't have what you want. Because the only people who want to resist a free life are complainers. And complainers only get things that come with a complaining harvest. So here's what I do. Every time I talk, everybody, I make profitable clients more profitable. That's the, the little headline of my company. I represent people from Chase Bank, some NBA clients, Les Brown, some other folk. I can't even name. And there's one thing I understand that happens every single time. Everybody's shooting far too low. See, now, now I just, just want to talk about money for the rest of the day. Can we do that? I gave you my story. I shifted your mindset. I did some cognitive. I have. I specialize in cognitive behavior. Who's a therapist in here? Anybody a therapist? Or got a therapy background? Or been through therapy? Right, I got somebody now. All right, all right, got somebody now. There it is. The whole time I did, I was cognitive behavior therapy. I wanted to say something, but I had to shift your mindset so I could actually say it. Okay. Good. She raised up both her heads. <laughs> Me and you, we can hang out. <laughs> okay. Everybody shoots too low. How many of you have a goal to make the six figures? It's too low. It is. It's too low. Let me let me let me just help you real quick so we can get over the six figure hump. Okay. If you who who among you can think that you can sell something for two hundred dollars? Everybody. Yeah, she's right. Everybody. If you're an entrepreneur, can you invent a two hundred dollar product? Yeah, fair enough. Sell 500 people a 200 product, six figures. Done. Can we can we move past that? That was that's very practical. It is that easy. 500 people, 200 dollars. That's it. And you can change those numbers anyway. Let's say you don't have a 200 product. My product is 33, 39. Okay. 
Take 100,000, divide it by 33, 39, it's going to tell you how many people you need to sell it to. Does that make sense, everybody? Now watch this here. There's one more element you may be missing. It's called a business system, and I'll give it to you right now. In order for you to actually sell to 500 people, you'd probably reach about 5,000. That's a 10% conversion rate. That's absolutely dismal. However, you can fail your way to $100,000. Too easy. Can we start talking about millions? Because this is much better. I really prefer talking about millions because it's just much easier. It's, it is. It's just much easier. Millionaires are new middle class as far as I'm concerned. I am so serious. I mean, I thought, I thought, I thought that when, here's when I really knew, there was two things that happened when I knew I started making money. Two things happened. Two things that happened. In fact, it's, it's, I don't want it to come from me because it's fiction if it comes from me. Let's see. How many, get her with the big hair right there for me. Okay, get it in. <laughs> two, two, two things that I realized, I'm sorry. How many cash properties do we make offers on every week? 40. 40. I start realizing, holy crap, I can make 40 cash offers on houses in Nevada and Texas, two primary places we deal with right now. Nevada and Texas. Anybody want to know why I got my companies in Nevada? Okay, got the same tax laws in Delaware. You know the most valuable thing I like about having companies in Nevada? The laws slightly different than Delaware. You can't tell who owns the company. You have to get a lawyer to actually do some paperwork to find out who owns the company. Why is that important to making a lot of money? Old folk once told me, if you don't want nobody praying about you or praying against you, you better stop telling them what you're doing. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, we ain't got the same grandmother. Okay, I thought we had the same grandmother. I thought we, you know, we all the same people. I thought we had the same grandmother. My grandmother said, if you don't want them praying against you, stop telling them what you're doing. And that makes some sense, don't it? You ever told somebody what you're doing and they became your enemy the moment you finished your sentence? That happens all the time. Remember, now you're shining. And now you reflect it. And the more you reflect, if people don't like their reflection, they won't like you. Okay? So when I realized that I could do stuff in real estate, because real estate takes some cash. Well, not a lot of time, but it does. At least you know some limits or something like that. When I realized I could do that, and then the second thing that happened to me was realize, oh, I might be making some money. I start getting sued. No, <laughs> oh, I'm so serious. You are not doing anything until someone is suing you. You're not doing well on Facebook, whatever your favorite social media is, to 10% of people are complaining about you. You're not the highest paid salesman, which you definitely was, and there's people are complaining about you. You're not doing something great until somebody is complaining about it. So let me drop three things for you so you can take yourself in pain all the way to profit. Thing number one, I need you to account for it. It's that simple. Anything you can account for, you can control that's just, I'm very practical. I really like science. I just love science. I really, really love science. And if, I love science because science tends to be objective. Scientists prove themselves wrong so much to not say, man, I can't prove myself wrong. This must now be a fact. This is how science works. Anything you can account for, you can control. 90% of atoms are mostly empty. 
If you don't agree with that, that's okay. You have hard science against you, but I can prove it to you. If you burn these tables in this room right now, you'll be left with just the ashes. Please don't. Yeah, don't do that. He needs his deposit back. Okay? Don't do that. <laughs> but if you burn the tables, hypothetically, if you burn somebody else's table with somebody else's deposit, there you go, there you go, you'll be left with just the ashes. Because all the empty space, which was energy, has been expelled into the atmosphere or the universe, whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter to me. Basically, all you see is just the ashes. But the mere fact that I can account for the table says that I can do chemistry, burn it, and control it. Did everybody catch that? Okay, that's pretty smart. I'm come down just a little bit. I have a microphone. Since I can account for it, I can move it here and mess up the sound guys and be like, come on, man, I'm trying to do the audio correctly, right? That's what they, they hate that. I know, look at It's like, come on, man. Because if you can account for something, you can control it. Does everybody receive this information? What's the first part of a 12-step program? Acknowledgement. How can you overcome something you have not accounted for? Ladies and gentlemen, I, I need you to get this here as fast as possible. You have pain you have not accounted for. You are going through things right now in your adulthood life that you have not accounted for. You are a child right now, and you have a mean-making machine. Something happened to you, you created a meaning about it, and you're gonna be 35 years old, still fighting battles from what happened to you when you were six. I'll prove it to you. How many of you here right now don't like your pinky toe? Come on, we're gonna be realistic, come on. All right, my man back there is like, you know what? This is why I wear closed-toe shoes, this is it. Now who taught you that though? Who taught you not to like your pinky toe? I mean, you gotta be honest here. You do. When you were a baby, you ran around naked, you ain't care nothing about that. You were not a self-conscious baby. You just ran across and everybody thought it was funny. You did. You did. You didn't think you were ugly until somebody told you. You didn't think you were overweight until somebody gave that to you. And none of you had low self-esteem until you allowed someone you love, trust, or admire to mess up your feelings. You're walking around with a bunch of unaccounted for pain, and you cannot vibrate at a prosperous frequency in pain. You can make good decisions from pain, but you cannot make good decisions in pain. The preposition to kill you. That was English, by the way. <laughs> From pain, you can make great decisions. In pain, you will vibrate at a frequency that does not serve you. How many of you understand exactly what I'm talking about right now? How many of you would love to undate some folk you dated? That's the whole room. It's over 18. Whole room over 18. Like, you know what? I just, can I just undate you? Just, ooh, yeah, I, I totally understand. I, I totally understand. We have pain that we just simply have not accounted for. And remember, if you can account for it, you can control it. But you know why you gotta cuss people out when they cuss you out? Because you haven't accounted for why you have to do so. Yeah. So you get upset every day. 
Every day you are upset and you go with, and I love my folk with my anger problems. You, you, everybody with anger problems say the same thing. They know how I am. Come on. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. She knows me. She knows how to put up with that. <laughs> she knows me. They know I don't respect that. No. That's your problem. That's your fault. That's your garden. Those are your seeds. <clears throat> it's not going to change. It's absolutely not going to change. If you can account for it, you can control it. The next time you feel yourself wanting to respond evil for evil, ask yourself, what is wrong with me that makes me have a problem with this? Honestly, if she hurt her feelings, ask yourself, huh, what unaccounted for pain do I have that allows me to have a problem with what they just did to me? Watch this here. When you release that problem in you, they no longer can bother you. No longer. No longer. The, the newspaper, the, the, big, no, the big newspaper from where, I, where, where I'm at, or one of the newspapers where I'm at, I'm trying to tell the name on camera. One of the newspapers where I'm at just recognized me, or getting ready to recognize me as a top 40 under 40. <clears throat> great, great reward. <clears throat> I'm pretty cool about that. I've been so quiet for so long that nobody really knew what I had, what I was worth, and stuff like that. So now it's out. It's out in the public. Yeah, yes. So I got cousins coming from everywhere, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cousins coming from everywhere. Get food! You know, it's just, man, I'm telling you, you know. It's like a barbecue, they hungry. They're like, man, remember me? I'm cousin B. You know, it's crazy. And I had to, I, I don't like this. There's something that I had to account for here recently that I just... It bothered me. It really did. It really did. And, and I'm pretty solid. I don't, you can cuss me out. I, I won't respond. It's not my thing. If I, if I lose it for a second, I'll bring it back. You, you can be mad at me every time I see you. It's all good. I'm not tripping about none of that stuff. But there was something that I wasn't ready for here recently with the, well, it's not newfound fame. I already knew who I was. And my Facebook page will tell you that. But I wasn't ready to be accepted as a role model. Leader, I was cool with. I was okay with leader. But this role model thing bothered me. And I'm not sure why. And then I thought about it. I said, why is this role model thing really burning me up and making me so uncomfortable? It's because in my head, role models had to be perfect. And see, I didn't know that. I was subconsciously responding to that. And I didn't want to have to be perfect because I just like me. <laughs> when you like you, you have no reason to be perfect. I don't try to be perfect at all. I mean, I, I don't. I, I have on a $3,000 jacket and some $20 pants. That don't make no sense. It doesn't. My socks probably $3 and the shoes are 100 this, I'm just all over the place. Like, which, which one are you going to do? Yeah, it, this makes no sense. This makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Because I like that. I'm flossome. I like to be flawlessly awesome. Right? I just like that. And, and it, was, it was getting me. Because I was like, man, but once I said, you know what? Role models don't have to be perfect. 
They just have to be themselves. Now I don't know have a problem with it. See, I had some unaccounted for perfectionism or the view of it in my mind that was stopping me from stepping into what I earned. You know how many homeless kids will be forever changed if I came out with my story and let them know I used to be you? I learned some universal laws. I learned some laws of money, and I treat people well. So now I can help you. You know how impactful that would be to the world? But here I am, not accounting for this whole perfectionism thing. You know how many people I was ruining because I had unaccountable pain? Anything you can account for, you can control. Some of you right now, especially my ladies, you're waiting for some guy to validate you. Do you know that we only take baths because of you? <laughs> I, I dare a man to prove me wrong. I, I dare this. I, please challenge this. We only shave to look good in front of women. This is the truth. If you, if you ever want to jump inside of a man's head, I'll be paid, right? Hey, I make a lot of money, so I remember everybody's name. It's on purpose. Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That's why I remember Pace. Okay, now, was it Denise? See? See? <laughs> this I have forgot what I was gonna say right now. <laughs> I totally forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> a cop for you. Oh my ladies, that's right. We only take baths because if y'all didn't exist, we wouldn't get no toilet paper. I'm not lying. We wouldn't. Listen, we let these guys front. Nah, well you let you let Lou front. As for me and the way my alpha male is set up. I ain't doing nothing if I want to, but since y'all run the world, that's true. We clean up. This is facts. You don't need nobody to validate you. You a woman. The only reason women are not being treated fairly is because a bunch of guys who are insecure and losing our power are creating a thousand jobs for men and 20 jobs for women that a thousand women have to compete against. That's a fact. I don't know why I'm on this soapbox right now. I'm sorry. I don't have no idea. Okay. That's what I said. Account for it, okay? Account for it. After you account, after you account for your pain, overcome it. That's it. I want to teach you something. I'm going to teach you two things that changed my life. I'm going to teach you how to retrain your subconscious. And I'm going to teach you the number one thing that changed my life. Do the opposite. Do the opposite. The Napoleon Hill and Vingro Ritchie calls it auto-suggestion. Your psychologist may call it super self. Your neurologist may call it subconscious. Doesn't matter. You can only do what you have the auto-suggestion program to do. That is the truth. That's not changing. I'll give you a few examples. In fact, I'll give you one example. Example number one. You have some learned behaviors. If I offend you, you're in public. You're going to be quite appropriate. Yep. But if I walk up to you and push you on the ground real quick, whatever's in you is going to come out to you. You don't have time to respond. You don't have time to build all those learned behaviors. If there's a bunch of, let me talk to my men over here. Talking to me. If I walk up to you right now and just slap you right now, 
Are you going to be like, hold up, on page 12, the book says, you going to do that? Or you going to respond with what's ever in you? Exactly. So when you are responding to whatever it is, and it does not create you great value, do the opposite. You have yet to learn how to retrain your subconscious. And since you don't have that under control, do the opposite. She hurt me. How many of you right now, when you get hurt, you want to hurt them so much until they know how you felt? Okay, thank, 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 thank you too for, okay, three for being honest. The rest of you can levitate to the front. <laughs> Come on down. Come on down. You got this here. You, you get it. You, you get it, right? I, you, 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 get so, you get to the point to where you've proven points but never solving the problem. Whole argument, three days in a row, proving points over and over and over, but you never solve the problem because you want them to hurt because you hurt. Do the opposite. Anytime you are challenged with something that does not make you feel good and you want to do something, and when you're doing that something, and in that somethingness of what you're doing, if it's not going to create you considerable quality of life, do the opposite. Because what you've done so far got you here. And if you haven't accounted for here, then you won't admit you're not living your dreams. Just like that. Do the opposite. Now, here's how you can train your subconscious. Please write this down. It is, it's, firstly, it's purely cognitive behavior therapy, that's for sure. It is the greatest thing that I could possibly give to you this moment until my third point. Okay, greatest thing. Number one, the story you tell yourself and others. The story you tell yourself and others. This is how your subconscious works. It's number one, I'll explain you in a second. Number two, limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. Number three, fear or fear of consequences or judgments. Fear of consequences or judgments. This is how your subconscious works. All of you right now have been hearing this entire keynote through your one, two, three. That's what I call it. That's how I train it. I'm not really cool on fancy names. I just call it one, two, three. And everybody that teach, they understand that's one, two, three. You've heard, we all heard, I've only said one set of words. This is objective. All of you have heard me and filtered it through the story you tell yourselves and others. Uh-huh. Your limiting beliefs and your fear of what I'm talking about or judgment for actually doing what I'm saying. If you want to know your subconscious, would you like to play a game with me? I'm going to play a game. You're going to fail. The game is set up that way. I do this all. It's a hypothetical game. You're going to fail. Okay? All of you can make $10 million. You're like, I'm not failing there. I can do that for sure. Of course you can. In the next two minutes. Ah, ah, right? All of you had another thought pop in your head. You had a reaction. See, you had this conscious thought you teach yourself. Then your subconscious took over when I limited to a timeline. And when I forced your timeline to be limited, your real you kept, came out. All of you have two thoughts. You have your conscious thoughts, then you have your subconscious thoughts. 
these are the thoughts actually running your life. It's not that you don't get what you pray for. It's you get exactly what you pray for. You are praying out loud this prayer. But in your head, you're saying, but it's not really going to get done. And that's the prayer you're getting. You're not getting the one that comes out of your mouth. You're getting the one you vibrate at. You, you have to overcome so much lack in your thinking when you pray that you can't even get what you're trying to get. If this was a church, I'd tell you, i like to teach you how to pray differently. I like to teach you to act like it's your birthday and just expect stuff all the time. On your birthday, do you expect people to make you mad? Who in here expects people to give their money on their birthdays? You grown now and still expect somebody to give me some money today. <laughs> you need to wake up, walk up every day, somebody gonna give me some money today. If you are an entrepreneur, somebody owe you some money. You got a product, love book, something. Somebody owe you some money and it's your birthday, and you are very worthy of it, and you're not giving no more of your products away from free. That was my, that was my dream, that's that my dream, okay? One, two, three. Every single thing that you hear, do, say, breathe, touch, reference, whatever it is, is gonna be filtered to that. You can't overcome anything with a bad subconscious. Count forward, overcome it. I just taught you for free how to overcome it. Last thing, <laughs> dominate. There's nothing else. There's no other reason. There is nothing else. Hold on. There's no other reason. This is what you're supposed to do, okay? You are supposed to account for the things in your life, overcome the things in your life, and then dominate the things in your life. You are not here to be average. Please, be, what's, what's the time when you stop watching? Because I want to I want to drive this. Good job. All right, check this out. I want to drive this. I'm not selling anything. Did y'all know that? I don't have nothing to sell. I came in to have that. I think that's pretty cool. Account for it. Overcome it. Dominate. You know why you don't want to be average? I got a list of reasons why you don't want to be average. For one, it takes the same amount of energy to be average, than to be great. When I was in the United States Army, <clears throat> I was going through at the time they called it PLDC, Primary Leadership Development Courses, where you become an E5 in the Army. And I, I was one of those guys that maxed out the PT test, you know, I know you can't see it, my stomach got some beer on it now, but before that, you know, I, I had it all lean, and I had an eight pack, it was crazy, I was like Bruce Lee with the cuts, it was, it was awesome, and what happened, <laughs> I'm running, well I did, I did 92 push-ups, I gave you 100 points, I did whatever sit-ups it was, I gave you 100 points. Now, I'm going to get 100 points on this run part. In the army you do push-ups, sit-ups, or you know, you know. I, I, come on, stand up real quick, man, you're in the army. Come on, my stand up, stand up, stand up. Oh. <laughs> Scott Fortune is actually a master sergeant, that's e, master sergeant, right? E8 in the United States Army, and we call him top. He's been to combat at least three times. Am I right about three? That's not, it's not overseas. I mean, actual hostile environment three different times for no reason at all. Can we clap for this? this you may be stopped my whole presentation to give you some love. I showed read. That's right. That was a great response. Do it again for the cameras. Oh! 
So I run, I'm running, running, and then I cruise. And at the last half mile, you're gonna appreciate this here, I sprint. And I get it, at, my, at the time my age graduated at 12.53 to max out the PT test. I do it in something like 12.20, get my 100 points. I'm shooting, that's the only thing I really stopped being E5, besides written stuff, the PT part. Got it, 300. Smith! Drill Sergeant come to me. What the words I can't say in here at all, you doing? What you talking about, Drill Sergeant? I just maxed my PT test, I'm the only one out here. You shouldn't have had no energy. You sprint the whole last half mile. It takes the same amount of energy to sprint the whole thing than to act like you sprinting the whole thing. <laughs> I never forgot that lesson. Because when I finished, I was on the ground. You know how we do that, the PT, that on the ground. Get up, put your hand above your heart. I'm trying to do all that stuff. I was equally as tired. Put him on the front. I was equally as tired as doing the right thing. I never forgot that. Right now, many of you are meandering through life and have effort, and you go home tired, for real tired. If you won't go home tired, you might as well go home tired dominating. You're going to go home tired anyway. You're going to get you a bubble bath and some red wine. That's how we do it in Texas. Uh -huh. Some of us guys will do the bubble baths. You know, we stayed up manly in the shop. You know? You're going to do all that stuff. Tired anyway. You might as well dominate your life. Here's the most practical reason why you don't want to be average. Second most practical reason why one just popped in my head. You don't want to be average. Because when you're average, how many people on the planet here? About 7 billion? Something like that? How many people in America? Does anybody know this weird statistic? About 340 million, something like that? Okay, so about 300 million? 320. 320 million. Cool. Do math in my head real quick. Put a 10 in there. Okay, that means that you are about 290 million people that are average. That means you're competing with 290 million people. My speaker fee is in the lower upper five figures. It costs six figures to coach with me. He's in, he's in something that I have that actually costs $30,000. I have products that range from $2 to $44,000. To consult with me, which is not even coaching, I'm looking at millions every time. I have no time for nothing else. I don't do small deals. When you are not average, you tell people what you're going to make. When you average, they tell you what you're going to make. How practical is that? <clears throat> when you average and you apply for a job, what's your social? I'm telling you your social. What's your blood type? Depending on the job, I'm telling you your blood type. You got any families? They tell you all that stuff. You got this, you got that. Where you leave it? Where you do all that? All this stuff. When you're not average and you start a successful business, you know what they ask you? What's the name of the company? What kind of formation you start? What kind of entity? It's far less questions. <laughs> it is. It is far less questions. To be excellent, when you average, they ask you everything. The most practical reason not to be average. There's only three, there's only four ways to survive in America. And it doesn't matter, matter your color. 
Four ways to survive in America. This will never change. Way number one, get a job. Way number two, get on welfare. Way number three, become a criminal. Way number four, prison. Think about this for a moment. They're constantly downsizing corporate America. Anybody understand what I'm saying? Whether it be technology, profits, doesn't matter. They're constantly downsizing. You see it. It's on the news. Pick your news channel. Fox, CNBC, I don't care. It don't matter. Pick them. They all scripted to say the same thing. Whether you red or blue, I don't care. I just know they downsize it. It's so hard to be in America right now, you almost need $35 an hour just to be broke. <laughs> and if you make somewhere around there, you know exactly what I'm talking about, because you came here feeling broke right now. You did. It's hard to get your six months reserves like you used to have. They downsize. They downsize where you go. Simple. You go to welfare. Guess what they do in the welfare, too? You're so smart. That's mom. Mom said downsize. And when I first walked in, she was like, I'm mom. And, I, and, I, and I'm doing my Dale Carnegie thing. And I'm like, mom? Yes, looks like I said, oh, OK, I got it down. I'm trying to, like, somebody named you mom? Yeah, that's what so I was thinking about here. <laughs> They're downsizing you on there. Now where you go? Criminal. You have to. You got to forge some documents so you can eat. You got to hopefully not rob somebody, but you know, just depend on you know, how, how aggressive you are. You might do that too. And then when you get caught, you go to prison, which is free labor. That's why you don't want to be average. That's the current system in which you live in right now. And if you can't account for it, it will control you. Period. Do you see why it's not worth being average? When you're average, they will tell you, you know you're going to take lunch at this time, right? No, no, Melissa, you can't have that day off. But it's Thanksgiving. No, that's our busiest day of the year. How I many you know what I'm talking about right now? That's when you're being average. You were not designed to be average. Now, I don't we don't care of your faith, we can talk about it later. If you say Jesus, I might shout a little bit in school. But I don't, you know, your faith is up on you. What I will tell you is this here. Yeah, I keep quoting back you again. He said, imagination. Think about this for a moment. Image, nation. Image. You were made in his interesting. That means you wouldn't put him to be happy. You were put here to rule with him, at least according to your beliefs. So why are you letting your credit card debt rule you? It makes no sense. It makes no sense that you are this super being in your body, in which we call you by your name because somebody told us to, and you playing around here being average. Makes no sense. It makes no sense. Account for it and then overcome it, retrain your subconscious, and then dominate it. Can I give you two key areas you should be dominating as fast as possible? Who among you is going to start investing in data storage or get into data storage? Do you know the internet's 20 years old? Who is less than 20? Bunch of grown folk here, okay, she is. 
who here consciously recognized Eminence is 20 years old? You haven't even seen the internet yet. Whatever you think you know about the internet, whatever complaints you have about how we ain't talking at the table, we on our phones, that may be true. But the internet's taking over whether you like it or not. My man back there behind the camera understands. Think about this for a second. They got to store all this stuff. The NSA. This is not a lie. Just storing five terabytes of tweets. Tweets. <laughs> I don't even know how to process this information. First off, we're talking about gigabytes of information for one, but tweets, why tweets? Makes no sense. All of you should be invested in some sort of storage. Because in 20 years, anybody with a program will be another commodity. But they still got to store it all. <laughs> storage, voice, or cell phone. Everybody's moving the voice because we too busy. How many of you rode here today listening to some sort of motivational something? Watch this here. How many of you are aware of the word called podcast? That's, now that's 60% in the room. How many of you actually listen to podcasts? Okay, we went down to 45% in the room. How many of you were on podcasts five years ago? Look at that. Just me and her. World's changing on you. People are so inundated with information that we are moving to please don't interrupt my time. I'll watch you when I feel like it. How many of you feel like that right now? How many of you honestly say, hey man, why you call me? You could have texted me this. <laughs> right? Is this textable? Could you have not texted me this information? Please text me before you call me. Now we look at our phone ring and we go, ah, do I want them to interrupt my life right now? <laughs> Think about that for a moment. You should be in data, voice, cell phones, new TV. You need to be inventing something to get on the new TV, a TV show, or something. How many people have this information help? You gotta be somewhere. You gotta be doing something. Last thing I wanna tell you, last Ash Wednesday, a guy who was a chaplain, at the University of Kentucky Hospital was having a bad day. The day was so bad that he had to go to the Catholic Church down the street and in the church he got upon him a cross made with ashes and oil. He went back to the church but you ever, went to his job, you ever left church not feeling churchy? This is where he was. Goes back into the job he gets this patient that you never want to see when you're having a good day. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? <sighs> Takes a deep breath. All that rainbow energy popped up on him. <laughs> Says, ma'am, how can I help you? Says, oh, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. I'm so happy, I'm so happy. Ma'am, good. How can I help you? She gets something. She says, oh my God, you have something on your forehead. It's dirt. Let me wipe it off. He says, wait a minute, ma'am. It's not dirt. It's a cross with ashes and in oil. Well, why on earth would anybody mess up their forehead like that? 
I'm not sure if it's messing up my forehead, but I guess sometimes we put stuff on us to remind us that when we're going through hell, we have something that can get us out of it. She looks back. She gently raises her head, touches the cross on his head, takes it from his head, put it on hers, and says, maybe I need some of that too. And I want you to remember this as we leave, that the people around you are hurting, and the most powerful word, sermon, ministry, or whatever you can ever possibly give them is me too. There would never be nothing more powerful than you can ever give to somebody than you lowering yourself so you can become equal to them. My name is Antonio T. Smith, Jr. You can plant better. You can dominate. Okay, look, it's time for us to have a conversation. You need a change, and I know the exact change for you. Plant Better University. It's the best route for you to go to get your daily motivation, daily education, and your daily information on how to build a better you. So come out. Sign up. Let's get started. Again, it's time for a better you. Don't you agree? <laughs>